Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the podcast. My name is Aliyah, and I will be your host this evening. And I have a wonderful panel of folks with me. I have Mr. Matt Durkins. Hello. Miss Lauren Bishop. Hello. And back after a long hiatus, Mr. Buddy Brannon. She she said wonderful, but it's kind of just mostly wonderful. She no. she got me here. So hi. And making her podcast debut, Miss Allison Hartley. Hey everybody, glad to be here. Gary and I both. So Allison, why don't you since it's your first show, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. I have been on a bunch of different podcasts. I'm affiliated with iAccessibility now, and I am the co-host of the Tech Director podcast with my dear friend Robert Carter. I am the co-host of That Blind Tech Show and also the Glomcast with my friend Mika. I am a Happy Guide Dog user now for a little over four years. My yellow lab, Gary, is from Southeastern Guide Dogs, and I live in Napa, California. Which is about as far from Southeast as you can get. Right. It is so far from Southeast. (laughs) Awesome. Well, today, with the summer season coming up, that means summer conventions. And not just blindness organizations, but others as well. And that means possibly a lot of dogs and a high-stress environment. And we wanted to come together and talk about that and the different strategies we use as handlers to get through it. So... I'll begin by going around and asking everyone which conventions they've been to and um, just a little bit of background about that. So I have been to pretty much only NFB conventions with a bunch of other dogs. And that's uh, not not a small feat as NFB conventions tend to be full of dogs, but that's... My background is a bit limited in that regard. Um, and wildly swinging canes. Yeah, wildly sling- swinging <laughs> canes. That's uh, <laughs> quite another problem. Uh, buddy, what about you? Well, I have not been to a national NFB or ACB convention with the dog. In fact, I haven't been to a national convention in about 20-something years. Um, I've been to our state NFB conventions where they're only... I think the most we've had at uh, Pennsylvania NFB convention was like six. I went to CSUN last year, which is probably the one that had the most service dogs in attendance. And I went to a fairly large, though not the largest, uh, but a fairly large ham radio convention about four years ago with another friend of mine. We roomed together, we, we, and we both have guide dogs. But, of course, lots and lots of sighted not non-guide dog-using people. There was one other guide dog there, but uh, anyway, that's, that's really about it. Allison, what about you? Well, I have taken Gary now to a couple of work trainings where there were maybe half a dozen other guide dogs. But recently, last year, I went to CSUN where there was a dog every two feet, be they guide dog or service <laughs> <about> dog. Right. <laughs> it really was. There were so many dogs. <laughs> And that's my convention experience with Gary so far. And Lauren? All right, guys. So let's get ready because that list of mine is long. Uh Uh-oh. I went to literally three weeks after we got home. I went to a day-long convention with our school's uh, fraternity sorority life. I went to a weekend-long 
convention with them as well. I have gone to a weekend-long church convention with all sighted people. So all these have been with sighted people so far. But I also went to an NFB national convention as well with my good dog. Awesome. And Matt, what about you? So I've only been to one conference with my dog. Marilyn and I went to the Guide Dog Users of Canada 2016 Annual General Meeting and Conference. That was in September of 2016, and I'll be bringing my next dog to that same conference this year. Luckily, it's in a familiar city because it's in our city this year in Windsor, so that'll be pretty nice. And, uh, you know, there was about, mm, I'd say, 30 or so dog teams. There's, I think, like 60 of us. 60 people or so, 30 teams. So it was definitely a, a learning experience. For sure. And while these conventions are very broad in their target audiences, one thing that remains the same about them is that they're very stressful. And without the proper tools and coping skills, it can be very difficult to get through a convention and it's very hard on the dog regardless of whether you have yourself together because you can't plan for everything so I want to start with talking about packing is there anything specific that you guys pack for your dogs that kind of helps them get through convention for me I make sure I have at least one bone and another toy that she loves like my dog loves balls so she has to have one in my suitcase at all times so i usually end up with like three toys a bone a ball and one of her softer squeaky toys so i'll go next i love to pack a bone that's how dogs like build up endorphins and relieve stress so kiara will come in from the convention and she'll she'll pounce on her bone real quick Another thing I like to bring is a tie-down. I've never had my own room at a convention yet with her because hotel rooms are expensive and I'm in college. And so a tie-down is really helpful. So if you're in the shower or needing to do something and not having the dog at your hip, you can leave the dog free and it's not bothering your roommates or on top of your roommate's bed or trying to snuggle with them in the morning to get them to wake up and all sorts of stuff. I forgot a tie-down for the first overnight convention I went to, and it turned out I was getting up earlier than my roommates to get ready and stuff and so I could get my dog out and fed before the day's activities. And I had, had to like bring her in the bathroom with me while I was getting ready because like I didn't want her to wake people up, and I didn't have a tie-down. Also, I like to bring a folding cane especially for the NFB convention because there's so much more that the dog has to negotiate than she would be at a standard sighted convention. Since you can't leave the dogs in the hotel room, I think me healing her through the exhibit hall and using my cane and at some points during the day was actually really helpful for her. You bring up a couple of interesting points that I want to touch on here before we move on, before I forget about them. One is that the law does prohibit you from leaving your dog unattended in the hotel room. 
because that dog is no longer under your direct control and you have no means of getting the dog out in a, an emergency and no means of telling what the dog is doing. The DOJ has published guidelines that state that you cannot leave the dog alone in a room. So, that being said, I know that there are folks who do it. And, you know, I just would encourage everyone to please be mindful of these guidelines. And if you choose to do it and are called out on it, the hotel is under has the legal ability to do so. So the other thing is that I was actually told by a seeing eye trainer that it is best to not work a dog in the exhibit hall simply because you're asking them to actively go against what they're trained to do, which is go around people. And you're asking them to try and shoreline tables and navigate through people just standing still and that's not to say that you couldn't work the dog up through the aisles but when you're browsing through the tables it is at least i was told that it is best to heal the dog and use a cane that, that makes How sense I... to me totally makes Sorry. sense to me another thing you mentioned the tie down and i agree i agree completely with that i in fact i i carry a tie down whenever i travel because well, you know, you're in an unfamiliar place, and while your dog may not be a wanderer, you, pro you know, you, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, as they say. So, you know, if you're if you're sleeping or whatever, you don't want your dog getting up and possibly getting into mischief, even even the, if the chance is very remote. And yes, finding a place to tie a tie down is is challenging. I've I've used one of the slats under the under the bed because like the bed had no legs it was just a platform like all the way across so sometimes it's challenging and sometimes it's as much just for your dog to understand okay you have to stay put because let's face it some of those tie down things like the the slat under the bed that holds the mattress down you know just looping a tie down through that the dog could easily get rid of that uh, without trying and without hurting itself and without breaking anything but they don't because they understand that that they're they're meant to be confined uh, unless something really jazzes them up which is pretty unlikely so yeah oh and, and the other thing other thing that i was thinking of my opinion take it for what it's worth which you know is not much but if you have your dog sleeping on your bed at home unless you bring something for him to lay on I would personally not recommend putting your dog in the hotel bed with you just because, okay, we all have seen the stories about how nasty hotel linens are, right? Mm -hmm. And like, they, they don't mm -hmm. necessarily wash them between guests and all this sort of thing. Even if that's true, and I'm not saying that it is or that it isn't, but even if it is, you don't want to give the hotel any sort of ammunition to say, well, you owe a cleaning fee because of extraordinary cleaning costs that we had to deal with because of your dog some would most probably wouldn't but some might especially if they've given you trouble about bringing your dog in in the first place so like if you really want to have your dog in bed with you bring bring like a, a blanket or a towel or something for him to lie on you know if that's what you're going to do i i never have my dog have never in the past in the twenty something years I've been using a guide dog have have I had my dogs in the bed with me. 
Um, oh, and then about leaving your dog. Okay, it's probably technically illegal or against the you know ADA policies and such to leave your dog in your room when you walk down the hall to the ice machine. But that's not really what we're talking about here. So, you know, just, you know, use some common sense. Another thing that I am sure to pack, of course, besides food, is a, a collapsible bowl of some sort. Oh, so yes. While you're out oh, and about, yes. you can give your dog water. Because even if you don't get back to your room in time for dinner, most of us, at least I hope most of us, try to be somewhat flexible with feeding time so that our dogs are used to that. I know if you've got a lab, labs, labs not only can tell what time it is, but labs also have daylight savings time. They sure they do. do. <laughs> um, yes, they do. But, you know, if you have a portable bowl, you know, and, and you know, even carry a one meal in your, in, uh, around with you or whatever, but definitely a portable bowl for water because you're going to, your dog's going to need water just like you. Yeah. So don't forget that. If you aren't comfortable or your dog hasn't been trained to be on tie down, I have, and I'll post a link in the show notes, a sport pet pop-up crate that is absolutely wonderful. It folds itself one of those. into a disc and it will slide right into a suitcase or a backpack. It's very, very light. Now, if the... TSA opens your suitcase and it's not properly stowed under something it could pop up and scare someone but <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's a dog in the box <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah those those really are great although I do wish they had one that was slightly bigger yeah me too cuz like I was going to say how cuz Hilda is so tall like she can squeeze into the one that I got for Leno cuz it's you know what 20 inches tall and she's mm -hmm. a good 25 at the shoulder so she definitely makes the thing bulge <laughs> but um like if they i wish they made it just a made one just a little bit bigger yeah and i think but it, it really is a great thing if you're if your dog is is not a is not you know an active chewer and, and knows better than to like chew its way out of the out of a nylon crate those are fantastic yeah and the main thing that they're meant for is for a dog to get in and lay down. Of course, I have a 20 inch tall, 50 pound yellow lab. So she has space in there. And so I bring the crate and I bring a little blanket that my mom made for her and I put it on the floor of the crate because my dog oh. is a wimp and a whiner. And if she has to mm. lay on a hard floor and it's cold, oh, Lord help you because she Drama will queen. complain. Mm-hmm. But you know, I bring her blanket. That, that's, a, that's a good thought, too. If, if you, you know, is to bring a, a mat or a rug or something for your dog to lay on. Seeing I issue a mutt mat when, when we come home or when we bring our dogs home, we get a mutt mat. And the mutt mats are great. They're a little, a little bit expensive for what they are, but they're well made. And, and they're very portable. Like they, they roll up really nice. Yeah, they do. And I still have mine, but. My dog definitely prefers the one my mom made, which is well, sure. made out of a fleece-like material. That's because my dog is spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have guide dogs if we couldn't spoil them. Come on now. Right. Yeah. Right. So, does anybody else have anything that that they do or that they pack that helps? I always recommend packing 
more poop bags than you think you're going to need. I luckily did this for CSUN because Gary was on some medicine that was making him feel a little bit unwell, and we definitely needed to use those. We always got outside, even though it seemed like we were always across the hotel from the relieving area. <laughs> at yeah, CSUN. you know, that's, that's a good thought because, you know, with the, st with the extra stress, they're going to poop more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have in... On Hilda's harness, I have a, a poop bag holder. And then inside of the saddlebags on Hilda's harness, I have like two or three, because I'm like a belt and suspenders kind of guy. I have two or three rolls of poop bags in, in Hilda's yeah. Hilda's. Always carry. prepared. That's good. In, you got to be prepared yeah. for anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and same with food. Like even if you're like the conference we went to, <clears throat> it was only for the weekend. So it was Friday to Sunday night. But, I mean, we had to get on the train and go on the train for four hours. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So it's always good to bring a day or even two days extra food just yep. in case. And you never know not, when you're going to get stuck. Do not put all your food eggs in one basket. Put a no. day or two of food in your carry-on because mm -hmm. you never know you could lose your suitcase it's the same with clothes i will mm -hmm. put a spare set a change of clothes down rolled up in the bottom of my backpack because you just never know and so mm -hmm. it's always wise and spare leashes folks i've had a leash break yes. on me while traveling luckily i had a spare and the what broke was the clip and we went to a hardware store, and I was able to disassemble the re the leash and put a new clip on it. But I corrected my dog, and there was a weakness in the metal, and it just pulled the clip apart. So make one, sure to bring spares. One other thing, speaking of food, be careful, because dog food, depending on how it's packed, when it's going through the scanner at the airport, they don't know what it is, and they get a little suspicious sometimes. Yes, um, they do. happened to me once. Yes. What is that? Oh, it's dog food. Yep. I tend to pack it toward the top or pack it I in my too. purse and so that yep. I can easily just pop it out of my bag and put it in a bin. And I will warn the TSA agent when I put my bag on the belt, there's dog food in there. Do, you know, and I'll usually ask them, do you need me to pull it out? I've had some say yes, some say no. But usually the ones that have said no have been the ones that have been pulling apart my backpack looking for the weird thing. So... <laughs> Your note taker sets off the metal detector and they scan it and then they mess something up. Yeah, they don't like my Braille note touches battery. They say it's weirdly shaped and it, it sets off the alarms. But, yeah. So, when I'm traveling, especially on a plane... I do like to get my dog a cup of ice chips and that will very much help with ear popping on the plane. It will allow the dogs to be able to pop their own ears and will provide a significant amount of relief for that dog, especially if they're uncomfortable. Um, another thing I'd like to add is there's a service and there's several delivery services, but the nice one if you have Amazon Prime is Amazon Prime now. And I'm sure all the two major blindness organization conventions are held in a city that has Prime now. If you forget dog food, if you get in a situation where you can't bring 
a week's worth of dog food, go on that app and set up a delivery time when you're going to be available and have it get delivered to you. That way it's no stress and your dog has food and there's nothing to worry about and because stuff happens and sometimes you have to bring a lot of stuff to convention and you don't have enough room or you realize you're running low and also there have been times when the conventions will help you make arrangements for dog food that wasn't the case last summer but do watch email listservs and see if they have an offering for that if not get it delivered and there should be no reason why your dog is off its normal food because that week is not the time to do it no actually they did do it last summer lauren i thought they did it every year i thought they weren't doing it last summer i'm pretty sure they did i'm I'm, I'm pretty sure i wasn't there but i I seem to recall reading about it oh i did forget one other convention i've been to it was top dog I went to Top Dog last year. Oh, cool! Top Dog was fun. What is it? It's every two years, um, a bunch of ACB affiliate guide dog affiliates um, in the southeast, in the south, um, put put on a convention. Next year, it's in South Carolina somewhere. Oh, and, cool! Uh, and it's a it's a weekend, and and there there are um, panels, and like last last year, they they had. Had a dog CPR lecture, and they had uh, they had a bunch of neat stuff. Exhibit hall, you know, about a about a hundred guide dogs all in one place for a weekend. It was kind of cool. Now, is it just guide dogs, or is it service dogs as well? No, it's just guide dogs. Very cool. Awesome. And the legendary John Byfield was there. Ah. Indeed. So, we have had some good conversations thus far and we haven't even really gotten to the meat of it so what are your guys favorite convention strategies for dealing with people and dogs and all that comes with convention i think for me it's keeping calm is my top strategy you can't get upset You can't start fussing at your dog for not doing what you want it to. Because it may be that your dog is stopping you from running into somebody. Or if you correct your dog for something, be careful. Because it may be, for example, I was trying to figure out why my dog jumped up at one time at convention last summer. Somebody had just whacked her in the butt with a cane. And Ouch. like she's like, Mama ah! And so, you know, you gotta be observant and yeah. realize what happens and be forgiving. You know, there are some behaviors I won't accept, lunging at other dogs, sniffing profusely. Those are two things I won't cut slack on. But there are others, you know, minor bumps against people may be Oh, you're going to bump into you're, people. You're just going to oh, yeah. hit people. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. Now, if your dog slams you full throttle into somebody, that's another story. But yeah. minor bumps, they're going to happen. You know, little things. I still wouldn't accept blowing a staircase ever. 
<laughs> but <laughs> you know, there are certain things that I now, won't. When we're talking about the safety, there's not a whole lot of room for negotiation. No. Right. But, mm-hmm. but um but you know, little things. There have to be allowances. The other thing that I would that I do is before leaving I usually wait for things to kind of clear out so you're not like fighting with crowds or anything like that as much as That's possible. That's a great so idea. You wait, <laughs> you wait until things kind of clear out and then you go. Especially mm-hmm. general session because you, you know can. how crazy uh-huh. those elevators can be. If you can. Oh yeah, dear if you god. Can. The elevators are nuts. Oh the elevators yeah. are ridiculous and you have to watch tails. You really mm-hmm. have to watch tails and it it's not you got to when you get in an elevator non-negotiable turn your dog around because if you walk in there a couple of steps and you think you're in but the tail's not you're not going to have a good day yeah and so get in use proper elevator technique work the dog into the elevator turn around have the dog sit and watch that tail and just you know Keep an eye on your dog's body position at all times. Keep an eye on your dog's yep. head. The One of the biggest problems at convention is that, you know, somebody's dog, and it doesn't happen often, but it turns into a huge issue. Somebody's dog was staring too hard at somebody else's, and a fight broke out. You've got oh, to be careful. You've got to pay attention. And... You know, sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes somebody's dog just comes after yours. I've not... I Whitley was snapped at last summer, and it was unavoidable. We were way... You know, we, we were too close quartered for me to be able to do anything about it, and it, it just... It happened. But you've got to have a strategy in place to be able to deal with something like that. Well, the thing to remember, too, is just above all and remember this all the time but especially in stressful situations like conventions our dogs are dogs first always and and always first forever dogs Mm -hmm. guides second so that means that no matter how good their training is no matter how in control they are no matter how in control you are they're still dogs and Mm -hmm. sometimes their doggy nature will express itself and I don't necessarily mean anal glands but oh, um, <laughs> oh my but gosh. anyway wow. they, they will and you know you have to you have to understand that you know this is part of and I really hate this term because I just do it's just part of the guide dog lifestyle yeah yeah and we're not saying this to say that oh this is this is what's going to happen this is going to be your experience no, these at are total every convention. Right. Yeah. I mean... Absolutely. You know, some stuff is unavoidable, but some stuff you... Like everyone said, you can control it. Some stuff you can't. But the number one thing, I think, especially in stressful situations like conferences, whether it's with sighted people or not, whether it's with dogs or not, you need to calm down. And, and like you said, buddy... These dogs are dogs first, guides second. Yeah, patience is key. And I also find that, that finding the humor in situations 
really helped me as well. If I'm going through a situation that's like new or stressful, we were at a at a party. And buddy, you had you had just left. This was at the Baum party. And Gary was just, he had had it. He was getting tired. There was another lab that was taking up his floor space. So he just kind of like a, like a drunk man, he just kind of put his head on the coffee table and passed out sitting up. <laughs> <laughs> and we got pictures, and it oh, was ridiculous. Awesome. And we just sat there and howling with laughter because it oh, was I just hysterical. That. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The best thing ever was when I was in uh, one of the sessions at the GDC conference, and all of our dogs are asleep, and all of a sudden you just hear. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's there. There is an important element to control. If you are someone who believes in correction, which I know a lot of dog schools still teach it, don't kill your dog over a minor infraction. This comes with patience. It is just don't. If your dog bumps you into someone, don't start screaming at the dog and jerking the dog off its feet and it be nice it's stressful for everybody and yeah. i i saw a guy i was standing near a guy who hit his dog in the face when <gasps> it, when it <gasps> was no. just doing its job you don't do that no and it was just doing its job it had stopped for someone else it had stopped for a crowd it couldn't get through and the guy mm. hit the dog across the face. Wow. <gasps> I mean, oh you have to God. be a little lenient sometimes because, yeah, it's going to happen, especially in large crowds like that. You're going to get bumped. You're going to get jostled. Maybe a simple, you know, just easy or careful, but you don't want to scream at your dog and start correcting it left, right, and center. No. Because that's just more stress on you and the dog. That's not fair. Not fair I saw this woman doing puppy push-ups with her dog but she was doing them along with like these wrenching hard corrections and that poor dog i almost went up to her and said something that's how affected i was by it she was just wow. like yank sit yank down yank sit yank. Oh and it was it was you horrible hear, it was the worst thing the i've ever seen yeah if you can hear the correction like a few kilometers, well, not kilometers, kilometers. But a few feet away. That's pretty sad. <laughs> well, hey, you never know. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she was fairly some... far away from me. Yeah, but there are some collars that make a lot of noise. But you know, be forgiving, and I yeah, and be forgiving of others too. My dog has dog distraction issues. She just does, and she walked up and had her face up in next to another dog last summer and I corrected her and someone turned around and accused me of hitting their dog and like and not nicely and I said ma'am I didn't hit your dog I was correcting my dog because she got too close to yours and was not paying attention to what she should have been but this woman just was like laying into me and I'm like hey calm down now I just want to make a quick comment and I if I get flack for this, I'm sorry, but I've really noticed having a dog for a year and a half and then not having a dog and then going to get another dog, a lot of handlers, now not everybody obviously, but a lot of handlers are some of the most judging individuals ever. And it's like, okay, yep. we all went through this training, whether it be school or owner trained, we've all understood what we have to do, we've all 
gone through the same, you know, most of the same, like, protocols and stuff. And it's like, we should be coming together, not judging each other. And go, oh, your dog's up in my face. Well, hello, look at where we are. We're at a stressful convention. You know what I mean? Now, to be fair, I'm not mean about it. But if somebody is actively not controlling their animal and the dog is at the end of its leash and it is getting up in my dog's grill, I'm not going to stand for that. Oh, you got to say something. I'm not going to stand for that. And I'm not going to stand for... I was just saying in general. I don't stand for dogs being allowed to just wander aimlessly or randomly lick people. I was at a convention once where, where somebody's dog just was not paying attention to its handler and this was pre-dog for me and this guy's dog was just lick 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 all over my hands and i'm like sir your dog's licking me like crazy and he's like oh it's okay i'm like okay when i told you i wasn't okay with this you needed to fix it on the flip side though i've seen how supportive the community could be especially the dog community at at big conventions because my dog threw up in an Uber. Like, it was a thing. Aww. And everybody was so oh, sweet was about lift. it. The driver was not... The, it was. Uh, it was. It might have been a lift. Yeah. But the point is, the driver was a complete oh, jerk face. Jerk. Uh, he was oh, he was so... He yelled at me, and I almost cried. I was so... You know, because I was... It was It was stressful enough having my dog be sick and, want, and hoping he was okay and stuff, and then to have well, then, the guy then, be well, such the a... Guy, and the guy was, like, trying to deny her in the first place anyway. Oh boy! Oh no, that was the other. That was the guy before. That was another. Was that that was before? my. Yeah, yeah, this was a. This was a guy who a second before was oh I love dogs so much and then he oh, just right. let loose because again uh-huh. he was on that medicine that was making him sick and it was horrible and then he was like, now I cannot work now I am and I'm like sir I will get somebody from the hotel to help with this I'm you know, but he just drove off in a huff and it was but everybody that I told about it was so nice and kind and oh that's happened to me or or you know i understand and and so i saw that loving side of the guide dog community too when that when that happened we were everybody kind of i felt very supported yeah that brings up a kind of different subject in that dogs have accidents these things happen your dog may have an accident in the hotel convention stressful a dog that wouldn't normally have an accident inside may it may not make it outside if it does stop pick it up pick it up oh for goodness sake yes call (laughs) for assistance now if it's someone will yeah someone will go get assistance for you it happened to me my dog peed in the middle on the carpet Heidi grabs her I was like hey and they were excited I'm like can you go get someone from the hotel, please? Oh, they they were the ones that told me that my dog had done it because I didn't realize she... Well, I was standing there and I had her sitting and I thought she had sat down and she peed instead. Oh. <laughs> so oh, I was like... Oh, no. So I was like, hey, do you mind uh, going to get someone from the hotel? Yeah. It happens, you know, and yeah. you've just got to take a deep breath. Yeah, it... It's perfectly fine to be mortified. Oh, yeah. It's happened to me. You know, In I've had dogs have accidents in all sorts of really embarrassing places. Stores. Uh, one time I was at a, at a meeting with a bunch of homeschool parents that fortunately like me. We were in a, in a church where, we were, where they did the homeschool co-op thing and we were getting registered and everything. And poor Chet had, he just peed a gallon. Because that's the only way he knew how to pee was by a gallon. Oh, and, oh no. 
And it was just, oh, I was so embarrassed. And, you know, everyone was very nice about it. But so, yeah, it's okay to be, it's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to be mortified. It's all right. But don't leave it to somebody else. You know, get, get some help, but don't, don't walk away from it. Yeah. You know, own it. I mean, that, that, that sounds harsh, but yeah, you know, it's important because yes, remember we do have rights with rights come responsibilities Yep. And yep. it's important that we remember both. Yeah. And also, speaking of relieving, take more frequent breaks than you normally would. Go, if your dog is used to relieving itself four times a day, go five or six. Yep. Because increased stress increases the need to go. And yep. you've got to just give the dog a chance to have a break. I was walking back from the exhibit hall and one night, and I, I'll be honest, it was very close to Whitley's last relief time. And she kept sticking her face on glass doors. And I'm like, oh no. I had my arms full of water bottles. I had stuff on my shoulder. I had a backpack. It really wasn't convenient to take her out at the time because it was... I, I, because I had so much and I didn't know what I was going to do with it all but she very clearly demonstrated to me when we walked out of the exhibit hall I told her to turn left she didn't she turned toward the door and put her face on it and would not move and I said you know knowing my dog as I did I read her signals and I said alright we're going outside no it wasn't convenient for me but it prevented an accident she would not have made it to the other end of the hotel. She was telling me very clearly, nope, mom, I can't. And so I took her outside. She went, I picked up all my stuff and went back to my room. You know, it was all I could do. But reading your dog um, is important. Yeah, and please pick up after your dog in the relieving area. You don't uh, want to be that please. person that, don't uh, be that guy. makes it stinky. Another thing I'll add about relief areas is... As nasty as they are, you have to use them. I tried to get out of using a relief area, and someone said, hey, there's grass outside that door. And I went out the door, and I started walking towards it. And some guy literally materialized out of I don't know where and, like, said I couldn't relieve my dog there. And it was, like, the first day of convention, and I didn't know where the other relief area was. And he didn't either. And I was like, sir... My dog's going to have an accident. I, I don't know what you want me to do. But I think I like... I went in that door and I found another place to relieve her. But you do need to use the relief areas. And learn where both are. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want a full bladder running across the hotel and risking getting lost. Because I get lost in the hotel lobbies all the time. And... Also, um, yeah. Sometimes though, a dog will not get in the box. Just yep, my dog won't. wouldn't. Um, my nope. dog. I'm lucky with this dog. She kind of will, but she kind of looks at it a little bit first, like gross. My dog did. I was um, surprised. But my first dog would not. So I had to use the grass right there next to the box. I had yep, to. Me too. And you know. I think it's our responsibility to either 
you know, find a place that the hotel's okay with or take the dog off property as much as possible. Because however many dogs, especially at these big conventions, several hundred dog teams, if they all decided to go on the grass, would kill it. And so you, you have to be respectful as much as possible of, you know, this is where we really would like you to relieve your dog, especially with these hotels being no pets. Um, and you know, beautiful hotels too, mind gorgeous. you. Yeah. Now, obviously, some hotels are pet friendly, and that's a whole another. That's a whole another ball game in that way. But that has its challenges. Yeah. yeah. That's another show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, probably. But the last thing that I want to say about this is, give you and your dog plenty of breaks. Go back to the room, chill out, love all over your dog. Get down on the floor and play with them and relax and yeah. do doggy massage have if some you snuggle need to. time you know just yeah. chill out if it means missing an unimportant meeting not to not to say that you know so some meetings are optional if it means missing an optional meeting then that's what it means or showing up 20 minutes late go back to your room and just have some some de-stress time you know, you definitely need it. I mean, even if you're in, again, general session, you've got these long days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta find somewhere in between to love and on your dog and tell him how great he is, and just, you know, yeah. make sure that that he or she is okay. Because if you're running around and running around and and even just if so much on everybody, even if you don't want to break, your dog does. Yeah. So. Sometimes that could be the other way around. Well, yes. (laughs) So does anybody have any final comments about this before we wrap it up? I would just say that when I first made plans to go to CSUN, I really debated um, whether or not to take Gary. And ultimately, even though there were stressors and issues, slight issues with sickness and things and everything. I've never been able to move so freely through a big hotel like where CSUN was. Um, I compare how I was able to move pre-dog and post-dog and mm-hmm. having him there just made a world of difference for me. So and that hotel even, was kind of a nightmare, wasn't it? It was a huge nightmare, but it was le- it was such less of one with Gary and I was able to go much faster and um, just kind of breeze through the through the whole, um, you know, especially that downstairs lobby oh, area. Yeah. That you could get so lost with the cane, just completely turned oh, around. for sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you thought you were in one place when in reality you were, like, on the whole other side of the lobby? Yep. Yep, yeah, because they moved all the furniture out of the lobby, so it just made it Jesus. cavernous and echoey and oh, awful. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Nice open area. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, but, oh, there are steps over here. I know where I'm at. Oh, no, wait. Those are the other steps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And I am just so glad I did it with, with uh, sickness and all and having to scurry sometimes to find relief areas. It was it was still really worth it. I think one of the things that I really like about bringing the dog to a conference, whether it's a week or a weekend, it was really cool to be able to target the rooms and eventually Marilyn was like okay we got to go to the conference room you know and I knew where it was but she was always so happy when she found that room her tail would be wagging and she'd just be a happy labby you know 
And it's always just a nice feeling when you're both in sync with each other. And even though you know where you're going, the dog knows too. And the dog knows, yeah. you know, you know how to guide the dog too. Because hotels can be, for some, very, very confusing. Especially if it's an open area like that. And a lot of twists and turns, it can be more stress. I definitely uh, give hats off to someone who can go in a hotel for a couple of days and just be like, okay, we got to go here, here, here. Big hats off to you. Also remember, folks, that for those who have program trained dogs, most of the programs have representatives at the big blindness conventions. If you're running into a big safety problem or a problem that you can't fix, find someone and get them to help you because they will. And I've had situations where I've needed that and my dogs have been kind of jerks and acting out and I've needed assistance. And most of the times the schools have been able to help with that. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. It's been another great one, folks. Matt, where can people find you online? You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. And if this is out before the 20th of May, you won't be able to find me uh, online very much as I'm leaving next Sunday, the 29th of April, to go to get my second puppy. However, if you do w want to email me, you can at matt at iaccessibility.net or you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Durkins. That's M-A-T-T-D-I-E-R-C-K-E-N-S. And Lauren, where can people find you online? You can find me editing for iAccessibility. You can find me at Lauren, that's L-A-U-R-E-N, at iAccessibility.net, or on Facebook at Lauren Bishop, or Twitter at Lauren Bishop 9. And Allison, where can people find you online? You can find me producing content for iAccessibility.net and basically every other podcast ever in existence, it seems like now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in order to keep up with where I am and when, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hot4Technology. That's Hot, the number four technology. You can also send me an email at Allison at iAccessibility.net. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N at iAccessibility.net. And, Buddy, where can people find you online? Well, people can tweet to me at bbrannan, B-B-R-A-N-N-A-N. And because I'm far too infrequent and not nearly cool enough, you cannot email me at buddy at iaccessibility.net because that will bounce. Um, <laughs> that could change. <laughs> You can find me, Aaliyah, producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. You can find the podcast by following podcast underscore show, that's P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T underscore show, and you can email us at podcast at iaccessibility.net. You can find iAccessibility all over the web. You can find all of our content at iaccessibility.net or in the free app for iOS. Go download it if you have not. 
You can follow iAccessibility on Twitter at iAccessibility1. You can email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Or if you feel so inclined, please do go support us on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash iacast. We would appreciate every dollar that you can give. It helps keep us bringing you quality content. And that's a wrap for episode 7 of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to send us your feedback, folks. And happy travels. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.